Welcome to the Sports Ids NFL Week 4 Preview. I am Drew, and I am joined here by Daniel. Hey, what's up, man? Hey. Um, Ian is out this episode. He's a, he's a busy working man, so we're going we're gonna to soldier on without him. Uh, and we're just going to preview the games. Um, we don't really... We're, we're recording during the Thursday game. It literally just started. I think there's still like eight minutes left in the first, so... Nothing really to talk about there, except that we all took the Redskins, and it looks like the Giants have scored, so it's 7 nothing. So we're all wrong so far. It's plenty of time. We can catch up. Oh, totally. I, I, have, I, have, the, I have faith the Giants will let us down. Or <laughs> come through like we thought they would, or however you want to look at that. All right. So let's start off with the Sunday games then, and let's start with the Bills at the Texans. Yeah, Bills at Texans. Two teams that were 2-0 and last week. I wouldn't say a must-win for either team because it's obviously, you know, week four of the season. But the loser of this game has all of a sudden lost two in a row. And depending on how the quarterback play is, there may be a little fire at the old quarterback position, which sets off fan bases like no other position. So it's a big game for both teams. Uh, personally, I'm going with the Texans. I believe in Ryan Fitzharvard. No, actually, I don't think he's as bad as EJ Manuel and this game's in Houston. So, Ooh. All right, well, I'm taking the Bills here, uh, mostly on the strength of their defense, um, because I have seen, e- I have seen EJ Manuel play, uh, but between the Buffalo defense and Ryan Canacorn Fitzharvard, uh, I, think, I think even on the road, the Bills can pull this one off. I wouldn't be terribly shocked. I, I would be shocked. I, I had the, I had Texans going eleven and five. It was one of those games I I counted in the bag. So you know. Yeah. All right. So then let's move on to the the Packers at the Bears. Ooh. <laughs> what? You mean for the Packers, Drew. Uh. Uh. Yeah, this one's hard for me, but I I I am gonna take the Packers. Um. I don't know. I just feel like they've got to get it started sometime offensively. Um, their defense did actually play well uh, in Detroit last week, despite what you may think. They only gave up 12 points. Um, and they started a little slow against the Jets, but they picked it up. Though, again, those are the Jets, so we'll see if it was real or not. But um, I think the Bears' atrocious defense is the perfect target for the Packers to you know pick it back up and... and and finally get going to be the Packers that we've seen for the last several years, and for Aaron Rodgers to stop being a pumpkin and turn back into Aaron Rodgers. So you would be concerned if the Packers weren't able to score against the Bears defense? Uh, yes, if they score less than 14 points in this game, I will hit the panic button. Well, if they get like 17, what would you? If they get 17, I will, I will still have an eyebrow raised and be concerned, uh, but no panic. Well, I like the Bears in this game. I like the Packers in this game, excuse me. Uh, I'm just going to stick with my feeling about the Bears before the season. They'll be a topsy-turvy, up-and-down team. They've 
they were on the road with the Niners and the Jets. No one kind of expected that from them, but they did lose at home to the Bills. So they're, they're susceptible to letdowns, and I think the Packers need this game just a little bit more on a rivalry game that's always a dangerous uh, card to play because the Bears obviously have some revenge on their mind. Uh, Chris Conti is still trying to figure out how he did not pick off Aaron Rodgers last year in that uh, do-or-die game. Uh, but I just believe that the Packers are just more talented uh, and that the cream generally rises to the top. And I picked them to go 13-3, and and I would look, I would be doing the opposite of what I always say to do, which is be patient if I jumped off the bandwagon now. So I got packed 21-20. Uh, I, I read, actually, before we did this, um, I'm going to be super classy and say I was reading a Packers article while I was taking a shit, and saw oh. that <laughs> saw that uh, Julius Peppers jokingly blamed John Kuhn for him ending up a Packer, uh, because if he makes that sack and that infamous, well, now infamous, at least in the mind of Bears fans, uh, if he makes that sack on 4th and eight he thinks Chicago re-signs him, but because he didn't make it, because Kuhn got that cut block at the last second, uh, he thinks that's why he got canned, but he ended up in Green Bay, so he says it worked out all right. I just thought that was amazing. Right. I want to say I know how how he thinks if it worked out all right if uh, the Bears <laughs> go eleven and five and the Packers go seven and nine. Yeah, well, you know it's early, and I think he's he's looking at what the team should be instead of what the team is right now. <laughs> it's dangerous. I had a girl like that once. It didn't last long. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on to. Ian's mighty Detroit Lions against the New York Jets. I picked the Jets against the third, I think it was the fourth straight week? No, no, second straight week, three out of the last four. I'm just going, I'm just sticking with my my prediction early on in the season, I mean preseason prediction, excuse me, about the Lions and the Bears. I think those be topsy-turvy teams. One week they'll look great, one week they won't. Lions looked really good last week. Now they go on the road uh, to New York. They scored 12 points uh, last week. And even and you even said last week that they they could have done better and they didn't. Well, I just meant look good in the sense of the defense. I probably should have like focused okay. in on that side of the ball more. Yeah, and sorry. I think I w- and that's cool. No, and I think like as a Lion fan, you should be happy that Stafford played so terribly and somehow you found a way to win. This team's been built off basically. We have to get thirty points to win each week, and they didn't. And they somehow found a way to grind at an ugly interdivisional game. But uh, it, when it comes to the Jets Lions matchup, I just think they're, they're, they're down for a little letdown. So what this team does, uh, I'm a little nervous that Calvin's missed the last two practices. He does that with all some the time. ankle injury. Yeah, but you know, it's still something to keep your eye on. I mean, uh, the Jets secondary is terrible. But well, I was just gonna say, like, I mean, yeah, you you keep your eye on it. But if he doesn't practice at all this week. I would not be surprised in the least if he plays in the game because he he's he's I mean he's practically made a a, ha, a a career out of not practicing and then just killing it in the games and kind of to your point earlier um, until now the Lions game plan on both sides of the ball has been Stafford gets the ball to Megatron forty times a game <laughs> and last yeah, week yeah. last week they didn't really do that and they still like you said they found a way to win and that defense. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they are technically the number one ranked defense right now. Yeah, but you know, three weeks. I mean, I, yeah. it's, it's means nothing. But well, I would think I'm, the Lions are going to face a tougher offensive line this week. That's for sure. They won't face that crumbling paper mache uh, unit they had last week. The, the, the Jets are pretty steady at that. Uh, they give Gino a good time most of the times he drops back. I just. 
You know, it's not. I don't think the Lions are eleven and five and ten and six type of team. You know, they lost on the road to Carolina. I could definitely see them losing to the Jets, even though it looks like I'm in the minority as the world is picking the Lions. So, and the Jets need this game. If they don't win this game. They got a brutal stretch coming up. Oh yeah, and, they uh, do. They, they could look at. They could be looking at one and six. So, I, I like the Jets to come out with some desperation. One o'clock at home might be a little windy, a little cold out here. Get those lines off that turf and out that dome. Yeah, their their stretch coming up after Detroit is San Diego, Denver, New England, Buffalo, which isn't a great offense, but is a pretty good defense. Um, I think that's kind of where the the run ends because then it's Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Miami. But don't sleep on don't sleep on those Pittsburgh boys. They play. Or maybe, or maybe you will sleep on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I no, I totally will. I'm I'm not a Pittsburgh believer. All Colts, right, Titans. Yeah, let's move on to the Titans at the Colts here. What do you got, Daniel? Ah, Jay Glockers missed last two practices, so backup Jesus Charlie Whitehurst is going to play. Looks like, <laughs> or at least Jay Glockers a game time decision. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing the way Lockers played the last two weeks. But it doesn't really matter who's that quarterback for this team. Uh, the Colts owned them. I think they beat them 10 out of the last 11. Chuck Pagano's never lost to them. He's 5-0. and uh, I, I, I think the Colts find a way at home. Uh, I was just going to say, I think for the Titans to even have a chance at this one, they need Jake Locker, and they need him at 100. Hello, New York. They need Jake Locker, and they need him at 100%. If they don't have that, I feel like there's just no, they're going to get blown out like 44-3. to they need him to be at 150%. They need him to be better than what he is. They need him to be like, <laughs> like Tony Stark in the Iron Man uniform. That's how good he has to play to even compete. I mean, there's the one chance the Titans do have is that I'm still not a big believer in the Colts' offensive line, and the, the Titans do have uh, – gosh, I thought about his damn name all day, and now I forget it. Uh, Kersey, can't remember his first name. Christ somebody. Stud – Stud defensive lineman could play inside, could play outside. He has a bit ability to like kind of wreck this game and have luck. Casey, you know, run out of the pocket. Yeah, uh, Jarrell Casey. Thank you. Oh, I was practicing that name all day. <laughs> right defensive end. Spot. Uh, he's, he plays everything. He's ever he'll move on the inside. He'll be outside. He'll go to left tackle, right tackle. It doesn't matter. The guy's a beast, and he 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 gets off and has one of those JJ Watt games. You know, they could beat this team, but. I don't see that happening. I'm pretty sure the Colts know he's probably the only one that can really disrupt them. And they'll keep a tight end or a back to chip him wherever he's at. All right. Colts so, big up 30, 31-17. 21-21. Yeah, I think I already said it, but just to reiterate, I'm taking the Colts big in this one. Um, good Lord, New York. Uh, we've got – they're really excited about this uh, Miami at Oakland game in London. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> this is uh Come on, you're not excited something. about the London game? I call this the Ryan Tannehill experiment coming to a head game. Uh this is it. I mean, he is Joe Philbin kinda wavered in his support for him during the week, wouldn't name him the starter. There were some articles in, in the Miami Herald about maybe this is how Joe operates. He doesn't want to comment too much on player statuses, injury or starting positions, but you should be able to say yeah, I know who my quarterback is next week if you have full faith in them. Uh, we touched on the review podcast. Their game plan seemed to, seemed to indicate they had lost trust in him. 
So this is it for him. I think if he doesn't play well, we will see Matt Moore. Uh, these games in London, I, I, who the hell knows what happens. Uh, the Raiders' defense has been terrible. They did kind of beat New England last week. They held them, but I don't know how you know, how hard of a task that is. Uh, oof. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Miami. I, I just they can't. I had a. They can't be that bad. They can't lose to the Raiders because if they do, you know they're scrapping everything, and it's time to rebuild that sucker. You can see Mike Wallace gone and Brett Hartline gone, and you know Ryan Tannehill gone. Maybe even Joe Philbin gone. Not after this game exactly, but it's uh, it'll be time to move in a new direction. I've got Miami twenty four, Raiders ten. Yeah, I we think... talk anything about the Raiders, by the way. Well, I, I was <laughs> just—I was actually just about to. Um, I was Tyvon Branch. Uh, I would, I, is, is he out for the season? I want to say he is. Yeah. No, he's on injured reserve. I think okay. he's—he's got—he can come back in like six weeks or something. Okay. Uh, well, him out. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if that means that all of a sudden Ryan Tannehill is going to start bombing it downfield, but I don't have much faith in that defense to begin with. You start losing players. Uh, I start losing even more faith. Um, I think Tannehill is a better quarterback than they give him credit for, and you know maybe they're just trying to let a fire under him. Um, I, no, I honestly, he's, he's I, I can't imagine True. them. I no, I can't imagine them being any better with uh, more though. I just can't. Yeah, but it's like uh, he's lost his confidence. It seems he's. He, well, yeah, that's the way to fix it. Dead. Tell him you're not sure if you want him to be your starter. Well, that's at the three. It's his third year, you know. It's, it's time to show now. I mean, you can't. He's regressing through the first three games. He didn't face, you know, the eighty-five Bears three times. I love to use that cliche because it's, it's it's apropos. He faced the, the the Chiefs, the Patriots, and uh, thirteen, maybe. and the Bills. I mean, the Bills are good the defense, but he was he looked like a rookie quarterback. Most he got 60 of his yards in the final drive and then threw an interception in the end zone anyways. <laughs> it was just like, wow, he's got to be better. I know there's some the mitigating factors to that are playing into him being so terrible, but it's time it's time to go. It's year 3, man. This is a, it's the NFL, not for long, you know. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to despite all that, I'm going to I'm going to take the Dolphins in this one. Me too. <laughs> talk shit about him for 10 minutes and then pick him but all right so that means we can move on to the uh tampa bay buccaneers at the pittsburgh steelers Oof. i think this is a uh, pretty obvious one yeah this, this is about how much tampa bay loses by even though the steelers have struggled with bad teams over the last two seasons uh they've lost a lot of games they shouldn't have and it's one of the reasons they've been eight and eight but i look this is important as that Miami game is for Randy Tannehill. This game is important for for Lovey Smith. They can't come out here and get beat forty two to three. They they can't do that. Or it's time to look at this guy like, you know, maybe the game has passed you by a little bit. So, ah, uh, it's I think uh, they do get Gerald McCoy back. That's good. It always helps to have him. They're probably playing with a club, so he won't be as dominant. Uh, I I think Pittsburgh finds a way to win this about twenty four. 10, I think Mike Tomlin takes mercy on Lovey because they go back. Yeah, I don't think the Steelers are going to win by 40 or anything. I don't think it's going <laughs> to it's going to be a la the Falcons beat down. Um, but I think the Steelers, who I'm on record as, as saying they're a team I'm not really a fan of, are still going to win this game pretty handily. I think the Bucks are awful. I think Lovey, Co- Lo- Lovey Smith is a terrible coach. 
Uh, and I think this Bucks team is just going to fall apart this year. So next up, we've got the uh, Carolina Panthers at the Baltimore Ravens. The Steve Smith game. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if you've been. I don't know if you've been reading of him. He is fired up. I mean, he's always fired up, but he's yeah. He's, he's white hot. Can't wait to play these boys. Why has it got to be white though? Because that's the hottest. <laughs> Let's talk about why is it got to be it? Why is it got to be white? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Carolina, hopefully they say D'Angelo Williams is back because he ain't back. I don't know who's going to run the ball for them because James Stewart's out. And, excuse me, Johnson Stewart's out and Mike Tolbert's out. Uh, so, And it's probably not going to be Cam Newton. I mean, didn't he only have like one rush last week? I mean. Yeah, he's not really running the ball. You can tell the rib injuries kind of yeah. uh, make him play a little safer. But if they have to go into Baltimore and play air cam like they had the last two weeks, they're not going to win. Uh, I don't think the Baltimore secondary is that good, but I don't think the Ravens' pass defense is that good. And if their line has to block, you know, pass block 35 times, Terrell Suggs is going to get to Newton eventually. Uh, I think the Ravens will be able to run on them just a little bit, enough to where – they'll be successful in scoring, but I think this will be a very low-scoring game. I think a nice little 17-14 type of Baltimore win. I don't know. I think the that Ravens backfield, oh, scrubs, is going to struggle against that Carolina Carolina front. It's gonna. I think it's going to be a rough game if the Ravens try to play the games, the, the style of game they've been playing to get their wins lately, which is just grind it out, pound the ball. But I don't think they're, they're going to have much luck with that against the Panthers. Um... New York really wants to be on this podcast. Uh, I think (laughs) this might sound a little crazy. (laughs) This might sound a little crazy, but I think the Carolina offense is more skilled than the Baltimore offense. Um, I hate Joe Flacco. Um, I think, I think their only chance to move the ball here is if they can get it to Steve Smith and he just is like you said, white hot if he's on fire. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Panthers in this one uh, a lot because I believe in wow. I believe in Scam Newton as you like to call him. You, and plus the Panthers are your surprise teams. They, they are, little, yeah. You know. So I, I yeah I do have a little. Uh... I mean they could I mean their defense could go out there and just be absolutely dominant, which they have the capability of. I think what concerns me was that last week Pittsburgh was able just to beat them up up front. Now. Uh, Ravens left tackle Eugene Monroe won't play in this game. He'll be out a few weeks, so that does kind of put him behind the eight ball, so to speak. But the Ravens' offensive line is pretty good. Uh, you actually saw Luke Keekley out of position once last week versus the Steelers, something you never see. He overpursued, and maybe on hit him with a cutback for eighty-one. But I, I just, I just think the Ravens' line is going to beat up the Panthers' line this week. That for for how low scoring of a game we both think it's going to be, I think that'll be a, a pretty good one to watch. Yeah, I think a lot of great games this week. So, moving on to the afternoon games, we've got Jacksonville at San Diego. Only thing to say about this game, well, two things. Blake Bortles making his first start. Uh, Good luck, kid. Uh, Hope you've got insurance on every part of your body. (laughs) Individual bone insurance. Oh, Lord. I still don't understand why they're doing this. I guess... Uh, just reading them in the Jacksonville papers, they're really concerned about fan interest and them getting off to the on for a start. No one's going to show up. It's going to be embarrassing. So 
Yeah, but it's also going to financial move. It's also going to be embarrassing if what they hope is their quarterback in the future, uh, like breaks every bone in his body and is shell shocked for the rest of his next three years in the league before he just, you know, fizzles out and I, is done. I mean, I totally agree with you, but I think they're not worried about the future. They're worried about right now. They're worried about not being able to have any hope. You know, this is one of the prime teams to be moved to L.A. Like, yeah. There's no doubt. This yeah, is, worried about losing the dying franchise. franchise in Jacksonville. Yeah, so they're thinking about right now and selling out tickets and selling out the stadium and getting as much money as they can. Second thing to talk about this game is I have Phillip Rivers on my fantasy team. And <laughs> you need him to air to it destroy out. The Jaguars. He's going to destroy this terrible pass defense. So, uh, yeah, San Diego 38, uh, Jacksonville 17. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers in this one too, and I think the 1.56% of people on ESPN's uh, pick them that are taking the Jaguars are insane. I mean, or Blake Bortle relatives. Yeah, I mean, he must have a large family then, or there's not a lot of people picking, which I doubt, but <laughs> that's... I, I don't understand how anybody can take Jacksonville in this game. I, I just I don't. It doesn't make any sense. So let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons at the Minnesota Vikings. Another close one. I just, I just switched my pick to the Vikings. Wait, what? Yeah, I just switched it. Uh, let me make a point. Let me, let are you are you, you are you heady for Teddy? I don't know if that's a sexual act. Or no, it's, it's not heady, like yes. excited, like drunk. You're heady. Oh, yes, I'm, I'm very... <laughs> No, really. I mean, I I like the Vikings' defense. They play a lot like the Bengals do, and the Bengals gave the Falcons tons of problems. I mean, they're not as gifted in the secondary, obviously, but still blitzing that mediocre Falcons offensive line. Uh, This game will be outside, so the the two great performances by the Falcons' offense were inside Dilms. They they had real trouble scoring in Cincinnati, obviously a game outside. Um, I don't believe in the Falcons' defense. I think Cordell Patterson will give them tons of problems because with that bad defensive line, they're not going to be able to cover him for very long. I just I just do not see Bridgewater getting any uh, pass rush. I think North Turner's going to design a really good game plan, and they're going to upset him uh, 24-20. Wow. Uh, I think Cordell Patterson really being the only weapon the Vikings have at this point, the only frightening weapon they have, I think it should be pretty easy I for like most. Asiata. Yeah, but he nobody's afraid of Asiata. You know, like if you if you play the Vikings, whether you're at home or on the road, and you focus on shutting down their biggest weapon, that's probably going to be Corderell Patterson. And if you shut him down, it doesn't leave a lot for the Vikings. You know, it doesn't leave a lot. Of, like, what is it, the the shambling husk of Greg Jennings going to catch? You know, nine for ninety and a touchdown or two. Like that's the that's not going to happen. Husk. Yeah. It, Greg Jennings? <laughs> Greg Jennings is not, like, he should have had to change his name when he left Green Bay because he's just not the same. He's so not Greg I'll Jennings say this. I'll say this. He was right about Aaron Rodgers, though, as a leader. I'll tell you that much. He was right. Uh, what did he say? He uh, I just said he was a bad leader, sort of a crybaby. The blame was never on him. And, you know, we was hard to see when Aaron Rodgers was doing really well, but as the Packers have not done as well lately, he, he's got a little crybaby in him. Does a lot of showing up with his own receivers. Never does the whole pat on the chest like my bad type of thing. You know, I'm not, I'm not down with Aaron Rodgers the talent. I'm down with Aaron Rodgers the leader. I don't know. I have, I have definitely seen him um, be self-deprecating after after certain plays. Um, and 
Wait, I don't know about being a crybaby. I mean, long stare. You don't see him do that long no, stare. No, I, I mean, I'm not saying he. Up? I'm not saying he doesn't glare down receivers. I'm just saying it's not like 100 percent of the snaps he's glaring at. You know. Jared Boykin or whatever for dropping a pass. He's sometimes he's like, oh shit, yeah, I didn't put that where it should have been. You know, I'm not. I just, I don't know. I I don't think he's a crappy. I think he gets upset. I think he's passionate. I don't think he. It it's hard for you to criticize him, isn't it? No, it. I mean, I've it's been okay. I've been criticizing him as I watch the game every week so far. I've been screaming that's at him just, to get the goddamn ball out, but he just won't. Just he won't I don't know if he can't hear me or what's going on. Like, I thought we were connected, and I thought he could just sense what I'm feeling, but apparently not. That's just a lover's quarrel. You don't really mean it during the game. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Who do you like, Vikings or Falcons? Uh, I like the Falcons, uh, just because, like I said, I don't think they have to do much to really not give Teddy Bridgewater much to work with and I think this being his his first start and you know I, I think he's he's going to need you know that sort of safety blanket or that sort of big weapon and he's not really going to have either um, I know the Falcons play much differently outside I know Matty Ice isn't Matty Ice outside but uh, I still think the Falcons can win this one so. sure they can win but they won't uh, I think they will so we'll see uh, next up we've got Philadelphia at San Francisco I can't wait to watch this game. This is my favorite game of the week so far. Now maybe Packers Bears just for the, the history, but the sex appeal uh, <laughs> is definitely in this one. I, you know, I've been loud, and hopefully the rest of the NFL world is trying to catch up with me. One second, by the way, I would like the rest of the NFL world to finally catch up on the fact that it wasn't the Colts' offensive line as a reason to why Trent Richardson was terrible. Because, like I've been saying for two seasons now, every time Ahmad Bradshaw gets the ball, he's killing. He's having six yards of carry. Okay, so let's, no, I don't, I'm I mean, glad a season and a half later, everyone's caught up to that. I was going to say, I think people have been caught up to that for a while, at least at least in like the, the, the fantasy stuff I listen to and watch. Everybody has, has known for a while that Trent Richardson is garbage, and it's not that line's fault. Um, no, any, any major, any, any big, huge... Uh, Podcast or 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 sports conglomerate, a media association. I won't I won't uh, disparage any media association because I have an interview coming up Monday. So <laughs> that in the podcast, but they they always mention the offensive line, the Colts' offensive line, the Colts' offensive line, which is terrible. Granted, no, no, but, I, mean, I just heard. I mean, I just heard today. But like I said, I've been hearing for months now, like since last you know fantasy season that. You know, it, Stop it is saying not... fantasy. Fantasy <laughs> does not count. It is not real football. Andrew Luck is the number one fantasy uh... player in the world. He's not. He's not been the number one quarterback. That just says it right there. I mean, fantasy <laughs> is not real, man. It's fantasy. But it's my fantasies. Real. My fantasies are real, Daniel, and they all Ooh. include Aaron Rodgers' mustache. Um, <laughs> I. I, I was gonna. I was. I was gonna say. I think they've they've caught up on on the Trent Richardson hate. What I wish they would catch up on, or more of them would catch up on, is Doug Martin being awful. Because too many people are still clinging to the, still clinging to him being decent, even. And I don't. I don't think that's the case. We've talked about this before. He had one game. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. One game. Not good. Uh, now Philly. Phillies, San Fran, that's what we're going to talk about? Yeah, there? yeah. Way off track, but yeah. I mean, Philly at San Fran. Yeah, I mean, such an important game 
for the Niners offense. Such an important game. I mean, as as big of a game for a unit in week four as there is. Probably even bigger than the Packers because the Eagles defense is terrible. Yeah, I feel this I game mean, really, really will show if we need to panic on Kaepernick. If he's not just him, it's, the, not it's say- the offense too, but... It, I, I feel like if uh, if he struggles this game, that's a real bad sign. Well, Kaepernick, he only struggled on one game. It was the Bears game. He only struggled. He was great in the – I thought he was damn good in the Cardinals game, especially in the first half. Second half, Cardinals uh, adjusted. Even Bruce Arians said, hey, we came out prepared for one way at the half. We saw what they were going to do, and we switched it up. You know, he said it matter-of-factly, like we knew we were going to beat him. He said this at the, the halftime sideline reporter reported this. Like I talked to Bruce Arians, and he said, "You know, <laughs> it." To me, this game is about the the weapons that he is playing with. A lot of these guys have been riding off names, you know, Crabtree, and Bolden, and Gore. And I'm of the the mentality that I think Gore is done. I think he's finished. I think it's over. And if he and if he can't run on this terrible Philadelphia Eagle defensive. Seven front seven secondary scrubs backup coordinator whoever's out there. It's time to Tom take him behind the woodshed, put two in the shotgun, and put O'Yeller down. Oh, oof! Wow. Okay, it's time to give Carlos Hyde the ball and let's go. That was a really rough metaphor there, Daniel. <laughs> I saved it by not using his name at the end. I said O'Yeller. It yeah, it. I, I mean, I, I guess. Yeah. If I said Gore down. Then it's good. That's just bad. That's zero to a hundred. Yeah, it's a good thing you quick. didn't you didn't say that twice just now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh. but if Bolden and Cabtree can't get open, you can edit it. Put a beep in no, there somewhere. Not happening. Not happening. Yellow respect. And <laughs> if you look at Crabtree and Bolden, these guys got to get open. I mean, Kerry Williams is shut down. Nate Allen isn't shut down. Like, I mean, I'm ready to see. This offense explodes. And as for the defense, they've been susceptible against the pass, and Nick Foles has been hot, you know, and I expect that trend to continue. That is exactly um, why I'm taking the Eagles. Yeah, I'm taking the Eagles too. I did not think they could go on the road and beat the Niners. I didn't think they were ready to be that type of team, but. Yeah, I think if you Eagles. ask me that week one or preseason, I say I say 49ers, but. Mm-hmm. Philly's hot right now. Trust in what you see. Yeah, Philly's yeah. hot right now. Uh, San Francisco's defense isn't. Um, I know they're in San Francisco, but uh, I think the the Eagles stay undefeated here. The Eagles have beaten the Colts, the Redskins. Oh, and of course I blank on the first team. <laughs> Who did they week one? Jacksonville. Who did they play week one? Oh, okay. They haven't looked quote unquote good in any of those games in their three and zero. That's scary. That's all I'm saying. I mean, they haven't looked good in any of those games, but they're second in passing yards. I mean, I'm just saying they haven't. I said quote unquote. Yeah. I'm talking about the experts. And they really haven't looked traditionally football good. So, but I see them them winning 31 27. All right. McCoy, three touchdowns. I need you. I need you to see. So let's move on to the Saints at the Cowboys, the Sunday night game. Mm. Oh, boy. Get good rest, everyone. Make sure you, you know, rest up. <laughs> Go to bed early. If you want, watch the pregame. I think uh, this is going to be ugly. I think the Saints are going to need to rest up in this game because, uh, interesting stat, they have one game 
in New Orleans in the next 12. Because they, they are scheduled for two home games, but one of those is a London game. There's no way they stop it. You're making this up. Uh, no. Um, unfortunately, I'm going. To, I'm, I'm going to their. I'm, I'm looking at their. The I'm looking at their schedule right now, and I'm not sure which one is the London game. It wouldn't. Okay, they play Tampa Bay at home. Then a bye week. Never bye. They go at Detroit. Home to Green Bay, at Carolina, home to San Francisco, home to Cincinnati, home to Baltimore, at Pittsburgh. Home. No, yeah, no, of course. I thought that was ridiculous. No way. They've already played on the road. What? Tw- this would be three straight out on the road. They oh, they start to no, excuse me, two out of three out of four on the road. Yeah, they got home games coming up. They're getting plenty of rest. They get a home game here against Dallas because somehow fifty percent of the people in there will be Saints fans because Jerry Jones built a hundred thousand <laughs> hundred. Thousand seated stadium and only sixty thousand cowboy fans care to go to see the shitty team go eight and eight every year. Okay, there's no defense. They're not going to get a stop. Drew Brees kills us. He kills us. Just absolutely kills the Cowboys. And Sean Payton loves to come back and rub it in his face that he didn't get the job. So they they love to just come stick it. So I'd say Saints forty nine, Dallas. 28. Yeah, I'm going to take the Saints here. Uh, and I'm not going to give a score because <laughs> I think the potential for the Saints is limitless against this Dallas secondary. So, Maurice Claiborne's heard what you said. He's stormed <laughs> out of the podcast. I'm not listening anymore. It's all right. He'll be back tomorrow. It's all right, Mo. You're not playing anymore. How about that? Yeah. That makes me happy. <laughs> All Brian right. Quick. Brian Quick. <laughs> six, stop. Give me a second. The sixth overall pick who we traded up for. Traded up. Traded a second rounder in our 14th overall pick to get the six. Couldn't guard Brian Quick last week. Yeah, but didn't we decide that that Brian Quick is for real? Doesn't that take a little bit of the sting off of it? No, I don't. No, he's not for real. He just channeled Tory Holt for one game. <laughs> it's not for real. Eh, eh, they, who the Rams have a bye week this week, right? Uh, yeah, the Rams are on yeah, bye. bye week. So the, the next week they play, let's see what Brian Quick does, okay? Right. They play in Philly. So the, he'll probably do it. We'll see right. what the week after that. <laughs> see the, the week after that. Home, home against San Francisco. Yeah. Oh, no, they got a bad. Oh, well, no, they're not that bad in the secondary. But yeah. Brian Quick is giving up. Well, the week Just after that. Week... Brian Quick has a matchup that's favorable to my argument. And then week we'll seven. <laughs> that, that, would be, that would be week seven uh, in Seattle. That's when we know if he's yeah. real, okay? <laughs> he gets the points of Richard Sherman. Because that's a fair a test. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so the, the last game, the Monday night game, we've got the New England Patriots at the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh boy! This is, I'd say the Dallas game. Go home, get some sleep, get rested up. This game's gonna put you to sleep. Boy, gosh! It's got a lot of punts, a lot of three and outs, a lot yeah. of third and fifteens. Yeah, this is gonna sound like that oh, uh, game log I read last episode. Punt, well, punt, this, punt! Interception, missed field goal, punt. It's time to. I said. I think I said before in this podcast. I don't know. I, I, I do two podcasts now, but I said. Tom Brady's no longer a top five quarterback in the NFL. Did I say that here? Uh, no, you doesn't matter you where did. I said it. No, you did, and I agree. Thank you. 
and You're they're going on the road. I know you live for my validation. Actually, I do. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I've won. <laughs> I get you to convince me I've won. I don't know what I've won, but I've won. Oh, wow. Uh, Certainly Patriots, not the respect of your they, peers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Something about the Patriots, yada yada yada. They won't score. Uh, they do. They do have hope. They're starting to implement Gronk a little bit more. They have to. They, I mean, they, I know they just I mean, can't blow your load yet until he shatters. Me, whoa. Um, I'm yeah. not cutting that out. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> just bleep the load. No, nope, bleep nope. Take, anyway. take responsibility for your words. I just slipped out. Thank God it's not live. <laughs> but. If Gronk doesn't start to be Gronk, this is what they're going to be the whole year. And if he does, he's not going to be super Gronk. He's I'm sorry, you don't Gronk. want Gronk to be Gronk because Gronk being Gronk means that he's he's out, he's on the IR. That's Gronk <laughs> being hurt. Gronk. Yeah. Uh, I do think the New England offensive line will have trouble with Tom Bali and Justin Houston, who reemerged last week, and you know had decent sack numbers, not great pressures and hurries, but they're, they're, they're getting to the quarterback. I don't think the Patriots are very good. You saw what Wake and those boys did to him week one, and Justin Tuck and Khalil Mack did last week. So. <laughs> uh, against the two pretty good pass rushers, I think. They'll give Patriots enough trouble. But on the opposite end of the spectrum, I, I can't see Alex Smith and Dwayne Bowe and Donnie Avery and Travis Kelce. <laughs> driving down the field against that New England defense? No, not at all. That's secondary. It's not. I, they may just they move with the third string against Dallas receiving cores. Holy hell. By the what way, happened, what happened to Dwayne Bow? He realized he's Dwayne Bow. I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've never been a fan of Dwayne Bow. By the way, I'm going to be offended on Cameron Wake's behalf for lumping him in uh, with Justin Tuck and Khalil Mack. It, I didn't mean to, Cameron. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, I think I we're just, both taking. I just the... realized that last week. Yeah, I think we're both I taking. I just realized the... last week that. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> One more time. One more time. No, you, we're taking the Chiefs, right? Uh, I'm taking the Patriots. Oh yeah, I'm taking the Patriots. 2013. That's my score. You got to put a tiebreaker in there. I think it's probably pretty safe to think that Ian is also taking the Patriots, but. Uh... He's crazy. He no, might have. He, he might have another one of those Oakland gut feelings. So yeah, uh, he will you have. Never his... know Ethan. <laughs> he six, w- point, six points <laughs> one week. Yeah, yeah. He will have his picks in. Uh, we don't have him on the show here, but he will have his picks in, so we can talk about him uh, next week on the week four review episode. Uh, if you haven't noticed, by the way, we are doing two episodes uh, a week now. Uh, we are doing a review of the games that just happened, and then a preview of the games that are about to happen. This is, of course, one of the preview episodes. It's fourteen nothing Giants right now, by the way. Oof! Wow, is, is their their offense is just clicking all of a sudden? I guess. Yeah, I, I'm shocked. I'm, I can't wait to see what's happening. I can watch it back and then download it illegally. Here, I mean, um, <laughs> stream it illegally. I mean, what? You have NFL Rewind. Yeah, but I can watch it live too. I like to watch it live and then rewatch it. Make sure I know what I saw. Sometimes, you know, your eyes lie to you the first time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hear you. It's, uh, when I use the rewind, I'll watch the condensed version first, and then I'll go back and watch like key drives or something in you know the full or in the all twenty-two if I can if it's in the first quarter. So the first half of the first quarter. You mean? Do they really not even do like the full? Wow, nine-minute mark. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I need to. That's why I need to get this. Need to get. I should have got the, the all twenty-two. 
Uh, well, any, anything else for this week, Daniel? Oh, Redskins is... Redskins, Redskins scored, so it was 14-7. Uh, <laughs> nah, it's, it's just a big week, I think. A lot of it's uh, the end of the first quarter. I suppose like to say there's four quarters in the 16-game season. And uh, this is going to – guys are going to – teams are going to start emerging. Teams are going to start falling to the pack. You know, you can start using stats a little bit more. You know, they're just garbage the first three weeks. So it's going to be fun. Can't wait. Can't wait. It's, 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 the season is now kicking off. We're going to know who some good teams are. Who's not? Who's for real? Kirk Cousins, 89 yards and a touchdown. All right. I told Larry you. Donald's got two touchdowns. Oh, He's starting yes. for me and my fantasy. It's the same here because I waited way nice too long man. on tight ends. <laughs> All right. Uh, do the plugs real quick here. This is the sportsid.net. You can check us out. Oh, wow. Fumbled that already. This is the sportsid. You can check out our website, the sportsid.net. Uh, you can also check us out on facebook.com slash thesportsid. You can email us, thesportsid at gmail.com. Once again, that is thesportsid at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at thesportsid. Uh, the music at the beginning and end of every episode is Matthew Mannanen of the Underground West. You can check him out at theundergroundwest.bandcamp.com or on facebook.com slash theundergroundwest. And uh, I think... I think Ian decided for his last week that the song I'm going to use every time now is Knives, uh, if you're interested. And that is off uh, the album Desperation Dance Party Songs to Fuck and Cry To. Wow. It just, yep. <laughs> just, got, just got real. So, uh, for the Sports Id, I am Drew. I am Daniel. Thank you for listening. <laughs>